0: On this episode of the MassCom Podcast, we have Ferris Sabawi. He is a journalist in San Antonio and has been for three years. He has covered several topics, but focuses on crime, courts, and record requests the most. He also has a recurring appearance on KSAT News at 9's Trending Now segment. When Ferris is not working on his stories, he likes to cook, watch the Los Angeles Lakers, and play video games. How, how, how's, how's life, sir?
1: Hey man, life is good. Yeah, I can't complain. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's Friday. Uh, it's a full moon out. I think tomorrow's a blue moon here in San Antonio. Oh. Okay. Uh, that's what I heard. But, All you know, right. You know, I haven't fact checked that one, but uh, this morning, this morning it was it was full, and uh, I think I scared a pack of deer down the street from my house, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> that it's, is crazy. Uh, yeah, it was just a sign of of. Uh, you know hey i'm privileged because uh i live out i, I live out in where uh, nature hits suburbia that's right that's right you know so it's kind of a reminder of like wow there's a lot of deer out here and i think i scared them uh down to the little pond area that we have <clears throat> as i was going to get some mcdonald's but yeah man pretty cool I, I don't know full moon deer the election the pandemic i mean what more what more can we throw out there i don't know yeah
0: yeah murder hornets we had murder hornets we have murder hornets in the in the country yeah it's uh yeah, it's, it's crazy what
1: happened to that story what What? why did not we get more of that you know
0: well i, I think we didn't get more of that one because uh just like with everything it, it got a little blown out of proportion there was they found one nest in a park in washington <laughs> That they've uh, that they have in fact uh, sequestered and pulled aside, uh, but that's the only place they found them. And uh, yeah, so you know somebody 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 cried wolf, and that
1: that's that's why that happened. So that that's it's been buried. It's no right. longer it's no longer on the agenda. Right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. 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 Man. <laughs> so I hope uh, to learn a lot about a lot about the news cycle today because we have a oh yeah we have a ksat uh representative right a journalist from ksat news here in san antonio that's right yeah journalist
0: from ksat news which is channel 12 which is our abc affiliate here um yeah yeah so i'm 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 excited um
1: cool what's been going on with you man
0: not not too much not too much uh just uh trying to trying to make ends meet uh yeah because yep. uh because that uh that flex two class didn't make so uh gotta gotta make, make ends meet somehow uh it's been a, it's been a tough uh a tough october financially uh yeah but uh but other than that it's good I mean uh everybody's healthy uh yeah we're gonna, yeah. We're gonna uh we're gonna we're gonna test the waters this week um uh, or this weekend that you got the wedding, right? I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to a, a friend's wedding, uh, which is going to be a really weird experience. Uh, cause yeah, uh, I think we've decided that, uh, on the drive up to Fort worth, we're only stopping at Bucky's. And for those of you not in Texas, I am so sorry that you don't understand what Bucky's are. Um, but the cleanest, uh, gas station bathrooms, like
1: in the world, um, yeah, Pre- for, for the pre-COVID-19. for the mint. Yeah. It's like uh touchless, right? For men. Well, well, you will you will yeah. 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 I, <laughs> you yeah. have to declare your gender apparently.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh that, yeah. But yeah, so so um so that'll be interesting. Uh we'll we'll see what that that that's like. Uh I don't think I've ever been like anxious about staying in a hotel room, but I'm kind of like anxious about it. Uh, I, yeah, I imagine, and I hope that, you know, they're doing everything in their power to, uh, you know, make sure things are, are clean. And, you know, the, the last thing they want is PR of, you know, people get going to X hotel chain and getting the coronavirus. Right, so that's, yeah. That's, that's what's getting me through the anxiety. That's good. But, uh, but yeah, it, it is, it is, yeah. And it's interesting because so, uh, you know, day zero of the uh, pandemic in the United States, uh, we were actually driving back uh, from the Arlington, Texas area because we had just spent spring break at Six Flags. We were literally there the last day they were open to the public. Oh, wow. And as we drove back. From uh, from Arlington to San Antonio. Uh, by the time we got back, like everything was shut down, everything was closed, nothing was yeah. open, and yeah. So, so, so I thought about it this morning. So you know, there's the uh, those uh, those old TV shows like sitcoms where you know something something funny happens, like someone bumps their head and they wake up in an alternate universe, and the only way to go back to the universe they were used to is they have to like recreate what they did to go into the alternate universe. So maybe there's a hope <laughs> that we returning to the the DFW area. If this was that episode of that sitcom, maybe we coming back can reenter the right universe, but I go back to true. the, go back to the dimension. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> go,
1: go back to the yeah.
0: universe where hey, that the, might work. Maybe, maybe that's, that's, we can only hope, right? No, wait,
1: let me, let me see what I was doing four years ago. See if I can re-channel that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. That That's crazy. So, so it was since March, you haven't really ventured too much out. Yeah. I mean, just knowing you, right. You've been taking right, yeah. it pretty Seriously. No,
0: uh, no eating out at restaurants or anything. It's drive throughs and takeouts. Haven't been working Grubhub. So I'm only getting my own food, not, not other people's. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then I've been, I've been here. I've been here in front of this computer.
1: Yeah. This (laughs) is my lifeline to the world. We've been doing it like this. I finally went to see my barber on Monday, man. That's, that was a trip because he's doing it at his house now because he left Uh, The salon he was renting out, the space, dude paid like, shoot, like, oh, what was the ridiculous amount of money per week uh, to cut hair there? And so he kind of reinvented his space. (laughs) And uh, he's like, wow, you finally came back seven months later. And I said, yeah, I've been cutting my own hair, bro. Now my wife, well, my wife was cutting my hair. And then she got tired of it. So I tried to cut it myself and just jacked it up so but yeah th- that was pretty cool i i uh, missed that a lot so i finally you know dug in and did that and i'll probably need to go see the eye doctor and the dentist and all that stuff because uh you know when you get past your 30s you start you, you have to start <laughs> maintenancing all of this you know right it starts right. to break down faster yeah yeah um,
0: very true very true uh you know. yeah and then, uh, and then, yeah. So, so, and then the, um, the 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 coronavirus has maybe maybe hit a little close to home. Your uh, your wife's a school teacher, and uh, the school she works at, uh, the, there was a there was a positive case, right? And they're, they're leaving you in the dark a little bit about uh, yeah. about all that.
1: Yeah, th- that happened uh, a couple of days ago. So we're learning a lot about the uh, you know process and definitions what 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 is considered close contact and all this other you know administrative jargon but right. I think I think I think what happens is when you live in a situation where you don't know uh, what's going to happen the next day that you just kind of count your blessings man you have to you have to really just you know be thankful for today because you never know and, and losing a family member last week from it Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've had to, I've had to pause, uh, a lot of this, you know, consumption of, of media and, and, uh, just, just things in my head, you know, cause you, you, you can get swallowed up in that stuff. And, Absolutely. um, yeah, I was reminded of that by these two events. And then, uh, in addition to that, I've been so, uh, I don't know, just preoccupied with, with uh, everything going on, playing, you know, co-teacher and 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 you know, teaching my own classes, that I forgot that this week is Media Literacy Week, um, and it's a global event. There you go. And it's it's uh, it's sponsored by the National Association of Media Literacy Education. Yeah. Uh, short in the in the short uh, way to say that is namely. Uh, yep. and, and, and this is an organization I've been a part of and had a chance to go to a lot of conferencing. Uh, there's a lot of great resources available to anybody, not just educators. But uh, I wanted to dedicate this episode to to Namely's efforts to spread media literacy education throughout the globe. And I know we take part in some discussions about what media literacy uh, is and what are some some practices that you can engage in. And so just by um, learning that you have abilities in this world to uh, assess uh, you know, what, what your habits are, uh, mm-hmm. that, that alone is media literacy. Absolutely. So yeah, they, they define this as uh, access, analyze, evaluate, create, and act. These are forms of communication. So each day during the week, uh, they've been looking closely at at one of these terms. And uh, in, in you know, usually what I try to do is I, I try to tap into the network and sign up uh, Northwest Vista College as as kind of a you know co sponsor in this. This year it just it just came off my radar. But today I, I kind of came back to my email and I said you know what, let we got to do something. Absolutely. At least at least make mention of that this week because. I think <laughs> as much as as much as people want to want to speculate what's going to happen next week, um, you know, whoever whoever you're rooting for or whoever you voted for uh, is is it, this going to give you a clear indication of of, you know, where and, and how we move forward mm-hmm. uh, in this society. Yeah. With regards to, you know, persuasive messaging and. Um, advertisements and that, and that could be in the form of advertisements or political campaigns, mm-hmm. um, just algorithms on your phone. I mean, we, we have really ventured into for the past 10, 15 years uh, into a space that we're still trying to gain some wisdom in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, in, in, in culmination of our podcast today, you know, interviewing a, 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 a well-respected journalist uh, here in a local community, uh, in addition to Media Literacy Week and a full moon, the election. I mean, there's not a better time to dedicate our efforts in this this podcast episode number eleven, by the way, which is a that's right, eleven episode, huge deal, right, Absolutely. a huge deal. Yep. Um, to media literacy education in and around the world, because and, and that's, this is this is at all. Uh, ages, all levels of education um, that's that's really what what I'm here to do and and that's you know this is not a political statement. this is a this is a pro-democracy uh, statement because over the past 15 years since we've at least had a, a mobile device mm-hmm. uh, we we really have have uh, you know uh, experienced you know so much misinformation, um disinformation this is not to to pin the the blame on anyone absolutely but imagine just being in a thrown in a fish tank with a, you know, a bunch of new toys mm-hmm. and new, new tunnels to go into and, and you know we we were the bait man and <laughs> uh it's it's unfortunate but we are in a place where we need to really think about our our media literacy education Yeah. So uh, on that
0: note, without further ado, uh, this week we are talking to uh, Faris Zabawi, uh, he's been a journalist in San Antonio for three years. He has covered several topics, but focuses on crime courts and record requests the most. He also has a recurring appearance on KSAT News at Nine's Trending Now segment. When uh, Faris is not working on his stories, he likes to cook, watch the Los Angeles Lakers, and play yeah. video games. Absolutely. So, welcome. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, it's uh, it's a, a busy time for us right now.
0: Uh, yes, we were just talking about. So uh, in our circles, it is um, it is Media Literacy Week. Uh, so, which is uh, run by the National Association of Media Literacy. Uh, And so, yeah, with the election and uh, everything going on, I, yes, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to speak
1: to us. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Thank thank you, Ferris. It's nice to meet you, by the way.
2: Yeah, nice to meet you all.
1: So...
0: Yes, um, so without further ado, uh, we're gonna go ahead and ask you some questions. Um, I gave you a little bit of an introduction. Uh, I apologize if I mispronounced your name. Um, please correct me if I did. Um, but yeah, can, do you you know can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you end up in San Antonio? Um, who do you work for? you know, just those kinds of things.
2: Sure, yeah. Uh no, yeah, the pronunciation was good. My name is uh pronounced Ferris like Bueller. Uh but okay, yeah. uh, like my but last other, name. Uh, there you go. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly, exactly. Um no, but yeah, so uh I had gone to school uh at AM Kingsville, um down uh south of Corpus Christi. Uh, I went to school there for journalism. Uh, and so, uh, and and I'm I, pretty much my, my roots come from South Texas. I, I've lived in uh, the Corpus Christi area since I moved in 2006. Um, and so I was there, went to high school there and uh, went to uh, university at A&M Kingsville, uh, graduated uh, with uh, journalism there. And um, I was really lucky that The hometown newspaper that I had freelanced for and did some stuff for throughout college, the Corpus Christi College Times, uh, they were hiring. uh, And so I was able to get a job pretty quickly uh, after graduating, uh, you know, after graduating. And um, so I was there for a while, did like just really basic uh, general assignments reporting, um, breaking news, stuff like that um and i was there for uh, a, about two years or so um and then i came up here to san antonio to work at the express news um and my more specifically uh which is kind of the free site for the express news so i did a lot of breaking news stuff there um a lot of record stuff there and uh from there uh I, you know, uh, KSAT 12 News here in San Antonio is, um, was a little interested in really bolstering their digital presence. Um, And so they had called me up and it was just a really good fit. And uh, so I started over there in July of last year and uh, have been there ever since.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, uh, so that's a nice segue, kind of into our first question. Um, so, you know, what is your your official title, and what does your day to day look like working for Case Twelve?
2: Yeah, so I'm a digital journalist over there. Um, so, uh, I do work primarily uh, from home. Uh, usually, what we do is uh, we do a little bit of everything uh, that's not on the the TV side. So, you know, we put together the stories for the website. Uh, we, you know, we organize our homepage. Uh, we take care of the social media aspects, uh, the social scheduling of posts, things like that. We kind of, uh, you know, my, my day kind of includes whatever is sort of necessary that day. Um, you know, as, as it comes in communications, you really have to, uh, start getting good at doing almost, uh, start getting good at doing other other aspects other than just the content creation. Uh, and so what's been cool is I've been able to be exposed to a lot of those different things. So not just writing the story, but also you know maybe taking care of the social media posts for it, taking care of pushing it on, on our uh, news app, things like that. Um, day-to-day really mainly, um, I'm looking at what's going on breaking news wise. Um, mm-hmm. And if we have enough coverage on that side, uh, I'm able to delve into my projects a little bit more. I do a lot of the the data visualization stuff for KSAT as well as a lot of record request stuff for KSAT. Um, and so that stuff is really cool. File open records requests, uh, you know, try to see what I can find out from there, and uh, you know, if I can find any good open data, anything I can work with, you know, I'm I'm looking for trends on a daily basis to see uh, what the data tells me and to see what stories I can create from there. Great,
0: yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah. before we talked, I was looking at your, uh, your KSAT Q and A, uh, where they talked to you about the, the local, uh, COVID-19 data and, and analyzing that. So, so that was, that was cool. Uh, so, so you do yeah, sometimes get to be on TV.
2: Yeah, every now and then, um, yeah, I, I help out in, in whatever's needed. Uh, it's, it's Absolutely. been really cool because KSAT's been very, um, they're really good about, uh, for me, they're really good about letting me kind of, uh, you know, explore the things I'm interested in. And um, so, uh, you know, I've been asked to be on camera a few times, things like that. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm always happy to help and I'm just, uh, you know, happy to work for a place that really, uh, you know, kind of allows you to explore those interests.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So the, I, I guess COVID makes, makes this a uh, uh, kind of a trick question maybe, but uh, so since you have been on camera, have you, have you uh, been out and about and someone been like, Oh, you're, you're that guy.
2: Yeah, no, it doesn't happen as, as much with me uh, because okay. uh, my, you know, my, my appearances are kind of a uh, few and further in between. And yeah. so um, <laughs> definitely, definitely, you know, our anchors, our, our on-air reporters, uh, they get that a lot more than I do.
1: Okay great yeah that's cool yeah hey, uh, ferris this is this is good stuff it's a great insight for uh, our students are our primary listeners uh, mm-hmm. but we also do this for the san antonio community to shed a light on all the great work that that journalists are doing any anyone that's working in the media field um yeah. but can you can you talk a little bit about what is your sort of validation process what, what's your editorial process like because i think i think one of the the foundational things that 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 you know kind of gets you know overlooked oftentimes because you know you know certain certain um you know beliefs or attitudes uh, lately have been well this isn't true or or oh they're just saying that because that's what their boss wants them to say or this this is kind of the the agenda but but what is your validation process what does the editorial process look like to to uh to help you know uh, you know young people understand that 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 the local news right is is going to ensure that whatever information is shared with you is trustworthy
2: yeah absolutely um yeah there's nothing that we we publish here that's not read over um you know by by an editor and and things like that so um you know it's not as um you know, sometimes people tend to think, um, yeah, sometimes people tend to think two things is like, one is that I can, you know, post whatever I want or, uh, you know, bypass any, any editing, which is not the case. And two is, um, a lot of times, yeah, I'll, you know, you'll, you'll hear that like, Oh, our, um, are they telling you? Are your editors telling you what the story is? Or are they telling you that this is the thing? And that's not really the case. Um, you know, uh, it's it's on us to pitch the stories. It's it's on us to come up with the ideas. Uh, and, you know, I bounce things uh, not just off my editor, but we also have uh, an executive producer uh, who I bounce things off of as well. So I kind of make sure that at least two sets of eyes look at my story before it runs. They, in you know, and they do a good job of, uh, you know, both, you know, just reading the story in terms of proofing it, but also in terms of uh, making sure that what I'm saying is accurate, and it makes sense in the sense of sometimes you know when writing things, um, you know you mean to say something else, or you mean to write something else that's a little bit different. And they do a really good job with, you know, helping go through that, helping go through the numbers if if, if I'm unsure on some aspect of them, and you know they help with the uh, you know the process of. Uh, you know, coming up with a headline, making sure it's accurate, making sure we're not doing something where we're trying to reach when, when, you know, we're not trying to at all. And so, um, yeah, no, the editorial process is, is great. Um, You know, I get a lot of feedback through it and, um, you know, it's, it's vitally important that you do have those checks in place to make sure uh, the news is as accurate uh, and, you know, and, and reflective of the community and, and, you know, really reflects our values as well.
1: great yeah 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 you said something that was really key and that's you know the feedback loop uh from the from the viewer right or the reader in this case if it's online um and then and then how how do you guys kind of filter through that and how do you respond to that um because i think that's important to establish a a difference between you know case at local news versus you know, I'm going to go to this other news blog that, you know, doesn't do those kinds of things and doesn't follow a certain code of ethics.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just a, like, it's, it's just a dangerous thing. If you kind of, uh, you know, if, if you start the story on, on the, on, you know, on a certain premise or whatever, and and you're glued to it and you don't want to leave it. Um, and, you know, what I, what I love, you know, with us is obviously, you know, when, when you have editors looking at these things, you know, they can kind of challenge you on certain parts, which is good. You kind of need that. You need that feedback. You need that, that challenging. Um, whereas, you know, if, if it's somebody just posting on a blog or somebody, you know, uh, without the experience and, and also without having those backstops that kind of check these things before they get out there, um, you know, it just, Uh, without those checks in place, it's really, it it, it can lead to really damaging things. Once these things are out there, a lot of people are reading them. A lot of people are looking at them. Um, And, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, somewhat often that a lot of these things you write will end up in somebody writing you and telling you like, they're going to sue you or whatever. And so it's important to make sure that every word in there you're absolutely comfortable with and you can stand behind a hundred percent, and um, you know, and having those editorial checks really, really helps give me the confidence to make sure I can do that.
0: That's great. Yeah. it. So, uh, so in regards to, you know, our students and, and, uh, we get, we get students all the time that take our class and, uh, they want to be, you know, in, in the journalism field in one form or fashion or another. Um, did you always know that you wanted to be a journalist or, or, you know, um, that you always wanted to work for local news or, you know, how did, how did you kind of come to that conclusion that this was something you wanted to do?
2: So, uh, I loved, uh, history, actually, like in high school, like I really liked history. And um, when I was graduating high school, I go to the uh, high school counselor and I tell her I want to, uh, I think I want to major in history. And she was like, what are you going to do? Like be a history teacher? Like, is that really like, like, that's really kind of all there is. She's like, you're either going to curate at a museum or be a history teacher. I'm not sure that's, that's your best economic option. Uh, so she said, you know, go back home and, and, and think about it. So Uh, (laughs) so I go home and I think about it and I realize, uh, you know, I was a a big fan. I I grew up during, you know, the daily show and the Colbert report, and I actually really, really, uh, you know, enjoyed that stuff. And and I found myself consuming news, like actually like more often than, than my friends in high school than than my you know contemporaries at the time. And so, um, I kind of realized that, you know, something that kind of mixes, you know, history and, and also gives me an, and a more open range of, of career possibilities was actually, you know, communications and journalism. And um, so I settled on journalism then in high school. And um, I was just so lucky to go to a, a smaller university, actually, because, uh, you know, at a bigger university, I may have had to wait for my shop or had to wait through classes or, or whatever before I could maybe write for that that student paper. But, you um, at A Kingsville, you know, because it was so small, and because it really relied on you being the self starter and, and and you having that motivation, um, you know, I was able to really quickly like get into the student paper uh, as soon as I started freshman year. Um, and what I loved about that is uh, it it clicked really well. And I mean, I I wasn't sure how it was going to go, and and when it clicked that well, I I had was pretty sure that. Yeah, I think I can do this. Like, I I think this is what I want to do for a long time. And so, um, yeah. And so since then, I mean, I was pretty committed after that, you know, after being part of the student paper, after like seeing how those things work and being involved in that process, I realized that journalism was something uh, I really wanted to do, and um, it's you know, and I've just been lucky. It's it's a really hard industry, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't think my counselor really un- understood the complexities uh, of the journalism industry and and parts of its decline. Um, so maybe she didn't give me the best career advice to tell me to go back to to think about it. But uh, I must say, um, I was really you know fortunate to find something that that really clicked, um, and I was you know, and and unlike. You know, some of the other people I went to school with and stuff who who aren't lucky in, enough to be in this for a while, I've been very fortunate to still be in media and and s- still be happy here for the most part.
0: That's great. Yeah, it, it is definitely a, a rough, a rough industry and a rough industry to get into. And and uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's something I, I struggled with because I, I studied film and and so, yeah, I ended up being a teacher. Uh, which I love, I love and enjoy greatly. Um, so yeah. Um, so what are some, what are some challenges that you face in your work? I mean, what, what are some like big, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, people sending you messages, threatening to sue you or, or whatever, but, uh, um, you know, what else, what else, I mean, is that the, is that the, the biggest challenge you come up against?
2: You know, I think generally we're just in a little bit of a, of a tougher climate Um, You know, given the things going on in in politics and and things like that, um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a little bit of like a a trust issue that's been going on, you know, between the the public and journalism in general. And, uh, you know, it really uh, it really emphasizes the importance of, you know, making sure you get it right, first of all but it really emphasizes also the importance of, you know, trying to build these relationships and, and, uh, you know, through sourcing things like that and, um, trying to make sure that, you know, when you interview someone, you cover them fairly and you, you, you don't burn them because, um, you know, that part leads to, you know, some, some issues and things like that. So I do think like, you know, given all the scrutiny, uh, on the media right now, I, you know, that's been a a big challenge sometimes is when you're talking to somebody trying to, you know, win over their trust and, and, you know, making sure that they're comfortable with giving you their story and their side of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's always been something that's kind of a, you know, that's been a little bit harder now as of late. Uh, and I think generally, um, you know really just working in this pandemic makes you kind of have to adapt how you do things um open records departments don't have to uh fill fill these record requests out as as uh, as quickly as they used to have to and um you know during this pandemic time it's just you know it becomes uh, that much harder to kind of acquire these documents that you need to and, and things like that so uh really just adjusting to this climate has, has, you know, been a big challenge. Uh, you know, working from home has, has been, a, you know, a bit of a challenge in terms of the collaboration stuff, things like that, where it used to be really easy to do. Now it's, you know, you got to wait for a phone call or, or, or wait to schedule a meeting, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I I'd say, yeah, you know, the big thing is, is really just adapting to that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I think that speaks a lot to the, you know, the, the value of, I think, timeliness right Mm -hmm. since since the rise of 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 uh cable news 24-hour news sure um but yeah i i i can see that you know there's a there's obviously i guess how much how intense is that on your job to 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 get the story you know out there quickly and in some cases uh you're you're the network or the organization that breaks the news yeah. um like how much is how much value is placed uh really on timeliness
2: well look timeliness is important um and you know I'm a competitive guy personally and so so for me it's 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 important in that sense too you know I don't if if I have information that I I want to break I don't want to be second on it if I feel like I especially if I feel like you know like I got a good lead on this and stuff like that but, you know, it's still, uh, again, it's still about making sure those boxes are checked first because uh, it doesn't really matter if you're first, if it's not accurate, frankly. Um, and so that's something that, you know, you you do have to balance. Um, and and that's something that I totally understand and I think is really important. Um, yeah, the... Uh, yeah, getting it first is, is important, but getting it, you know, but getting it accurate is, is more important, frankly. And so, and part of that is, you know, if you need to get something confirmed, sometimes you have to wait for that confirmation to come back. Sometimes you have to, uh, you know, wait to get those, those types of, you know, results back, or or if you can find multiple sources, confirming it, stuff like that. Uh, you know, it is intense, but the good thing is, is, uh, you know, uh, I, I do think, uh, us as a company. And frankly, I think, you know, the outlets, all of them here do a a pretty good job of that as well of, you know, making sure that they're not putting something out that that could not be true. And um, so, you know, it's, it's good. But I think that, you know, again, there is this understanding that that we we have a responsibility to we we don't have a responsibility to be first, we have a responsibility to be right. And so um, that's really what takes more importance. So if there's something Big that we want to come out with. We're not gonna rush it out um, until we make sure again every single thing is is checked and, and we can stand behind. It. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's great. That's great insight right there. I, I think a lot of a lot of times we, uh, as you know, students of, of media and local news, uh, you know, tend to forget that that it's it's really about being accurate. Um, in, in this game. So it's, it's important for the community um, and for the broadcast uh, organization, because you guys are licensed (laughs)
2: and you lose it. And if, if you're not first, like, it's not like people are necessarily going to remember who is first, second or third, but if, if you're wrong, I mean, people will remember that. So it's it's kind of the, it's, it's also the idea of like, the reward isn't, you know, it's really the, the risk is higher. You know what I mean. The risk of being wrong is much worse. than the being first, and so it's always good to yeah. keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. So pulling, uh, pulling back, kind of the 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 curtain, so to speak, to look at the you know look at uh, the man behind the curtain, so to speak. Um, we get students a lot of times, you know, I, and I personally get students and, you know, we talk about, you know um, how informed are you, you know, how, how often do you watch the news or where do you get your news, you know, and more often than not (laughs) Twitter is the answer um, which is, which is interesting because we have to go through how Twitter doesn't actually make the news. But anyway, so um, so yeah, so um, we get a lot of students too. And I get this a lot. I get students that tell me that say, you know, I don't, I don't watch the news cause it's, it's just, it's so sad. And it's so mm-hmm. depressing. Like why, yeah. why would I, why would I watch that? And so um, kind of, kind of on that and, and, and to respond to that, um, what does the process look like to determine to, to, to determine what goes on the news? You know, why, why is the news maybe could it be perceived as so depressing? And, you know, they squeeze in those, you know cute dog stories or animal yeah. stories at the end but why, why is it built the way it is?
2: You know, I think it's, I think it's a good question. I, I think it's, it's tough because there is so much going on right now. And I mean, uh, it's, it, it's, there are studies that, that show, you know, like the impact that, you know, uh, looking at the, at the news can have on, on your mental health, you know, I think really the, it, what, what it goes back to is that, um, you know, you know, there are a good amount of like, feel good stories out there that you can seek out. And, and, of, and of course, all our companies do it. And, and, and of course, we we understand that, like, there's a need for them, you know what I mean, there, there's a need to look at, like, the positive changes in your community and things like that. Um, I mean, personally, it's really just, um, you know, un- unfortunately, I feel like, you know, journalism is more about writing wrongs than it is about, like, highlighting, you know, the, the positives of, of what's going on. And so, uh even though you know it is tragic that uh you know like somebody gets shot or whatever i mean those are you know these are the the things that have to be covered because mm-hmm. um those people have a story too you know and and even if they're somebody who could have been you know in, involved in crime or whatever if if their life was taken it still deserves to be covered it, it still deserves to uh you know it, it still deserves to be talked about and i think the other thing is that a lot of times you know, maybe the news is negative, but but part of it is, um, holding, you know, people in power accountable to these things. And that's a big deal because, um, if, if journalism isn't there to do that, the public isn't informed on what's going on. And then, you know, when the public goes to vote, they may not be as informed as you'd like. And, And that could really lead to some troubling things. You know, one of the things that, uh, gets me is, um, in places where you know the paper shutter and places where you know you're seeing a lot of places where there's not any more local journalism there happening in smaller pockets and smaller communities and the thing is like local yeah. corruption can, can really really run rampant uh, at that point in in a lot of different ways um and so you know uh <laughs> yeah i mean if you're looking into this business uh it, or if you're looking into this industry, it's going to be a lot less feel-good stories. Um, but the but the idea is still telling the story to your community and still doing it tastefully. I mean, not going out of your way to make things look bad or anything like that. I mean, it's it just is about covering it, covering it fairly, and also making sure you reflect the voices of your community in that reporting. And I think that's really important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That You bring up a good point about, you know, local communities not having a paper right eventually it, yeah. it shuts down and you know we discussed that in our courses about you know news deserts existing right. and, and and becoming larger a uh, much larger problem uh in our country so yeah you bring up a great point and you know one of the the reflections i had as i was listening to you is that you know there there may be a dependency um because of the short staff. Um, you know news organizations that have to depend on uh you know what is deemed as you know for 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 some textbooks they would say is a, a civic journalist but i would argue that they're they're not trained right people that that have a, a mobile device they're not trained to be a journalist they're just submitting content to a, a station uh so i would i would consider those as civilian watchdogs right because they're in the they're in the they're in the place at the time that it happened yeah um and then it it gets fed to Ksat or you know uh, any any local news or national news, and then it gets reported on. Um, how much of how much of that have you seen a dependence on like like the actual uh, Ksat uh, viewer right submitting yeah. pictures or video or content like that to 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 kind of help you know cover everything because it's 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 nearly impossible right to cover everything.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, you, you can't be anywhere at once, you know, I'm, I'm lucky being at a uh, TV station, which, you know, has a few more resources than, than, um, other media outlets, uh, can have sometimes, but it's, you know, it's, a uh, Bear County is, is a huge place, for example, and we don't just cover Bear County. We cover the counties outside of it, right? We cover some of Hayes County. We cover things going on in New Braunfels, or or south in Adiscosa County, or Maverick County, or whatever. And so we have like a big coverage area. So it is impossible for for us to be everywhere. um Yeah, absolutely, uh, viewer. Viewer tips, viewer emails, um, those things are are important. Um, you know, it's it's great when when they do have video of an incident. Of course, that that you know helps us shed light um, on it. And and you know, if if the video is particularly damning or particularly problematic, you know, it makes it more likely that we're gonna be able to hear back from the people. Who can speak to those things right the people in power if they understand it looks bad for them they're much more likely to, to speak on it um but yeah i mean absolutely uh, you you definitely you know on our side it's about really maximizing the sourcing that we can have and um but part of it is yeah you definitely need viewers to reach out to you and say hey listen there was like COVID exposure here or whatever or there was um, you know, like we had seen a really problematic traffic stop uh, there. And, and you know, and them filling in those gaps really helps because we can't be everywhere. We're not called to everything. And when we hear the scanner, you know, sometimes it doesn't sound as as uh, urgent or problematic as, as it turns out to be. And so, uh, you know, it definitely helps us. And the other thing too, is it also gives you Uh, an insight to what your community might, might care about as well. You know, if, if, if multiple viewers are sending in uh, something along the same line, then, you know, obviously there may be a question there that needs to be answered. And so, uh, you know, it doesn't only help you, you know, figure out the story, but it also helps you really figure out what your community values and what they care about. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh,
0: that kind of leads nicely into, you know, I think one of the things that both Tim and I try to teach our students is that, you know um, if they're, if they're getting all their news off Twitter, then they're probably getting it from, from these nat- huge national outlets. And so they're getting these, you know, huge stories that, yeah. that, you know, that are maybe really dramatic or maybe being blown out of proportion or, or being over covered. Um, and so we try to, I think what we try to do is we try to teach them that, that local news is a, is such a, valuable source and just like you guys you know you were talking about um you know with these these news deserts um and so so looking you know i i i you know in your background you don't have necessarily national news experience but from from being a viewer of of national news i mean how um how different is the role of local news compared to CNN or Fox yeah. News or uh, or even just like NBC News, you know, uh, or ABC News?
2: Uh, you know, Mark, you bring up a really good point that, uh, you know, I'm, my, my wife is, is a reporter for the uh, San Antonio Express News, and uh, it's a conversation. We have often, it's a conversation our colleagues have really often all the time. Uh, If you ever follow uh, local journalists on Twitter, I swear you will see them like complaining about national news uh, here and there. Uh, I even hear my wife like laughing behind me about this. Um, But it's, you know, it's it's really, you know, the thing is, um, I guess to break it down is that the national news outlet you know, delivers the story to a much larger audience that the local news outlet can't reach, right? So I'm not, there is value in that. Um, but the thing is the local news really provides the context to the situation and really has the community sourcing to back these things up. I mean, um, a lot of times, especially during election time, but also during any of those, um, you know, you you know, mass shootings during any, you know, crisis thing, when these national journalists come in, they, you know, they parachute in, they tell the story, they leave, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, they don't, they're not there for, again, the context leading up to the situation. And they don't understand the intricacies of the community. They may come in and see it for this one event in this one thing and not really look at the stuff going on beyond it. Um, and that's where local journalism is very important. That's where, like, the local outlets are important. That's why, you know, it becomes a bit of a struggle when, um, when you know, when you see something happen, like Sutherland Springs, right, which is a super small community in, in Wilson County, and uh, it's not you know, it's not like we're there all the time, but we cover Wilson County much more regularly than you'd see like, you know, the Washington Post and CNN and, and, and whoever. And so they, you know, when they fly in for that, um, you know, they do it and then they leave, but they're not there to cover the communities healing from it. They're not there to cover necessarily the, the building up to it. And they're not there to really like, they don't have the, the insight to know what has happened before that that led up to that event and so yeah definitely you cannot i mean when it comes to like uh i guess deciding your news diet you know you cannot just rely on following the new york times and the washington post or anything like that you need to follow the news sources uh in your community as well because that stuff affects you much more likely you know what i mean and those Mm -hmm. things matter to you much more likely as a resident who lives there um, and so, you know, uh, m- you know, basically my hometown is Corpus Christi, right? So I follow a lot of the Corpus Christi stations to see what's going on down there in my hometown. I'm in San Antonio, you know, I don't just follow KSAT. I follow all of the, all of the outlets here to see what's going on, you know, and it's, and it's not even that. I'm um, keeping an eye on the competition. It's also just good to see what other what other coverage is going on, right? No one station can get to it all, and so you need to make sure that if there's a national story that you see and you have a question about it, sometimes see if the local outlet has its own coverage on that, and it, it will much more likely provide a lot more insight and be a lot more in depth than than you know that one one hit national story. Uh, that's really for an audience that doesn't live in your community and doesn't understand what's going on in your community as well. Right.
1: Yeah that's been that's, that's been, really nice. that's, been uh, that's been very key and it's something uh, we mentioned in 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 the beginning of the semester in my class about you know the protests that are going on, you know, sure. depending on what city it's in, you need to you need to study the context. And one mm-hmm. of the best ways to do that is to go look, you know, go look up the local newspaper in that city to 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 get a better in depth understanding of what is what is going on, um, so that's great advice. Um, that that kind of leads to because you know kind of the advice that we've been giving to students as far as their news diets and you know their their you know uh, ability to navigate right this this media environment that we're in uh, the landscape that we that we're currently in. Um, what advice uh, would you give to students? Maybe it's a uh, career-related, or or you know, if a student's sitting in a class, um, you know, in college, and and obviously they're they're trying to understand the world, but they're also trying to understand how they're going to make a living, right? And yeah. if they're looking to go into uh, something related to media, what what advice would you give them?
2: Yeah, I know the I know the industry is is changing and and continues to change, and I know that even now it's different than it was when I was in college and when I graduated from college. And so, um, you know, the advice I give, um, I would hope still translates into today, but I, I understand, you know, I I understand sometimes opportunities are, are fewer and further in between. And so, uh, that, you know, is, is really unfortunate. Um, but I think what I'd say is a couple things. I think the first thing, um, is I would honestly say just, first of all, just don't be afraid to be told no, because it's gonna happen a lot more often than, it's gonna happen a lot more often than you're gonna be told yes or whatever. And so, uh, you know, what I mean by that is um, when I was in college and I was at AM and m Kingsville, um, you know, I we got to go to a tour at the Corpus Christi Collar Times. That was my first time in the building of, of that, you know, for that newspaper. And it was the first time I met the people who work there. And I remember that summer, I emailed them and I said, Hey, you know, like uh I'm gonna be spending my summers in the area. I'm gonna be doing all this. And I would just really love to help y'all out in, in whatever way I can. If there's anything I can do, like please let me know. And um I didn't expect to hear back at all. And I didn't expect like anything to come of it. And um, you know, thankfully. They remembered me from that visit as well. And they had said, you know, yeah, there are a few freelancing opportunities we can use you for. And, you know, it was really, really simple stuff at first. It was like advances on the events that were coming up on that weekend. That paper used to have a weekender section and, uh, you know, just to preview what was going on and the events that were happening. And so, um, uh, that was kind of like my first start. And so don't be afraid to reach out to, to any and all outlets to try to get an opportunity and, and it be expect to be rejected several times. There are a lot of internships I didn't get. There were a lot of emails that didn't get answered. There are a lot of no's I did receive. And so I think that's the first thing is like, don't let that deter you from, from making it work for you. Um, I think the other thing I would say really is do not, um, I would say also, yeah. So make sure you get paid for your efforts. I really think that's important. I don't think yes. students should ever, uh, and, and I'm, I'm very strong like, you know, I, I feel very strongly about this, but I don't think students should ever, you know, take those free internships. I think you have to know your, your worth, even if it's not a lot. I mean, I got paid, uh, Maybe like fifty dollars for stories at certain points. Maybe like seventy five. It's not like it's not like I was asking for a lot, but you know, it was still that there was this monetary like transaction to where I was like, okay, my work has value, and so I don't. Um, I know that places really like to offer unpaid internships and say it's experience. I think that you know you shouldn't play yourself and you shouldn't sell yourself short, and I think like you should try to make sure you get compensated at least somewhat for your efforts because, you know, you deserve it. And frankly, they like, they need to value you that much as well. Uh, So those are the two big things that have always, um, you know, been on my mind since I graduated college and, you know, and, and I think those are really important things really just to help you figure out what you want. Um, And so, Yeah, you just got to be fearless mainly um, and you got to know your worth. You you, you can't forget it.
0: That's incredible advice from somebody that has a film degree that was told that you had to do a bunch of stuff for free. Yes, 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 yes. Especially in the world where you may have to freelance and you have to figure out how much you're worth, literally. Like how much is my work worth per hour, per job? Yes, 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 yes. So much yes. I appreciate that greatly. Um, so, um, the last question I think that we kind of want wanted to end on is something, um, I guess a little bit more personal. Um, so, uh, in these crazy times and in your career, uh, who, who is someone or, um, yeah, who's someone you've looked up to or, and looked to for guidance? Uh, who do you pick up the phone and say, Hey, should I take this opportunity or?
2: Yeah, I think there's. A few uh, a a few people and and you should definitely try to make sure that Circle has, you know, more than more than one person in it, um, just to make sure you hear different ideas. Uh, Absolutely. You know, first off for me, obviously, uh, my wife, Krista, is uh, I'm very lucky because I'm married to a journalist. And so uh, she's very experienced, too. um, And so what's great is that, um, you know, when it's talking, you know, either when it's talking about a potential career opportunity or when it's talking about a story I may be stuck on, or, or talking about something that I, I'm not sure on how I should present it, you know, um, it's really, really good to get her insight. And so uh, that's an easy one for me, first off, as, as my wife is an easy one to pick. But you know, the other thing is, um, I'll still every now and then, um, you know, talk to my uh, you know my my college professor to see uh, how how they feel um, about you know an opportunity that might come up or, or or what they think you know especially when I was first starting out uh, when I wasn't sure what salary to accept when I wasn't sure uh, what was a good offer and what wasn't um, and you know and besides that uh, really it's my my first editor at the at the collar Times uh, his name was uh, brocrift he's over in the um, he runs a paper, the Gannett paper in Alabama, I believe Montgomery. Um, and, uh, so I will still, you know, text him every now and then, and I'll still get his insight on stuff. Um, you know, and so it's really about, you know, the former people who have helped who have helped shape my experience. Uh, that's been a huge deal. Um, and, and you know, more importantly, you do need to make sure, again, you have this like support group around you, either with friends uh, or colleagues or mentors or whoever it be, you need to make sure you have those because um, there are going to be things that you come up against that you're uncertain of and you're unsure of and and you're not sure what to do. And, you know, when you have mentors, when you have former editors, when you have uh, former colleagues, they might be able to give you a different perspective on these things and, and, and help you ultimately come to a decision, you know? Um, and that is really, really valuable um, because you don't want to make a wrong move. You know, I always think about it like everybody gets one, one opportunity to where maybe like that job gets cut short. Maybe you leave, maybe it doesn't work out. I feel like everybody gets one on their resume and that's okay. But I think like, you know, you need to make sure it doesn't Go beyond that very much, and and I think part of that is making sure you accept the situation that works best for you. And sometimes the best way to get to that decision is to talk to people who are close to you, but also understand the industry and and can can help you navigate through both.
1: Great, yeah, that's great advice. No, it's really good insight. I think I think that's the one thing we all have in common: we're married to spouses that are doing the same or uh, in the same occupation as 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 uh, we are. It, it helps teachers. because <laughs> it,
2: it, it's what you talk about a lot. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> uh, I talk yeah. about sports. I, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I talk about sports and I talk about journalism and what's going on in my community, you know? And so yeah. it's, uh, it's much easier to do that when, when you have somebody who also is in tune with that type of stuff.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh,
0: Tim, I think that's the, uh, that's the episode. I think we're going to, yeah. uh, we're gonna that was that those were knowledge bombs right there i'm I'm, I'm
2: happy to give it give it to you all anytime you need man it's all good
0: all right well let's uh let's close things let's close things out tim uh everybody uh have a nice weekend and uh and yeah
1: um all right thank you ferris for joining us and thank you join us again next time